reviewing one super classical and previewing another this week. Welcome to the Hand of Pod. before I forget to say it is that Hand of Pod is sponsored by the Argentina Independent. They're a fantastic source of English language, news, cultural affairs and other stuff uh, from Argentina and across Latin America. You can read them free of charge on argentinaindependent.com and the reason that I say that before even introducing anyone else is that I completely forgot to do it last week and had to add in an edited bit afterwards. But we do thank them very much, not only for their fernet, but this week for a bottle of beer as well, uh, because we have a special guest who does not like fernet and claims to be Argentine, but we'll see. Um, I'm Sam Kelly, and this week I'm joined by Andres Bruckner. Hello. Hi. And by not really one, but two special guests, I feel I should say, because uh, first of all, Mariano's back after an absence of God knows how many months. It's been a long time. Welcome back. I think the last time you were on was from Morocco. I did a special appearance from Morocco in December. But before that, I think it was like, yeah, maybe one year, two years. Yeah. It must be. It's been yeah. a long time. Yeah. Um, we're also joined by um, Federico, your surname? Lopez. Federico Lopez, uh, who is a Boca Juniors fan and yes, semi regular listener, or so he claims. Yeah. So <laughs> um, welcome to Hand of Pod, Fede. Uh, thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah. And it is for Fede that the, the beer has been provided this week. Um, we're going to begin by looking at the weekend just gone in Argentina, minus the Super Classico, but bear with us because the reason we're doing that is so that we can review the last one and then preview the next one sort of in one go rather than splitting it up, as I hinted at the beginning. So I've quickly run through the results from last weekend in the Primera. Godoy Cruz beat Sarmiento 1-0 on Thursday last week. There were no matches, of course, on Friday due to International Workers' Day. Olimpo and Estudiantes drew 0-0. Gimnasia and Newell's Old Boys drew 0-0. San Lorenzo beat Vélez Sarsfield 1-0. Argentinos Juniors lost at home to Aldo Civi by the same scoreline. Racing beat Lanús 2-0. Two goals. Two goals in one game. Wow. Yeah. Astonishing. And then Rosario Central had another two-goal thriller. Uh, theirs was at home to Huracán and they drew 1-1. On Sunday, Super Clásico Day... Um, there were some other matches as well, and they ended Atlético de Rafaela 2, Defensa Justicia 1, that's three goals in one game, wow. Banfield 1, Independiente 1, Tigre 2, Nueva Chicago 0, Boca Juniors 2, River Plate 0, and Union de Santa Fe 1, Belgrano de Córdoba 1, and then on Monday we had a behind-closed-doors match at about 4pm, um, in which there were probably more Arsenal fans than there are when they don't play behind-closed-doors. But on the tish, thank you very much. Um, which Kilmes won 1 0 with a last, almost last second penalty. It was so late in stopping. It was the last second penalty, actually. It, it was they, like last 10 They scored and the game yeah. finished. Um, Crucero del Norte and Colón drew 0 0 in Garupa. And Tempele lost 1 0 at home to San Martin in what I'm going to admit before we get around to talking about it was an unexpectedly entertaining match. Um, what shall we discuss first? As I say, not the Super Classico because we'll get on to that afterwards. But what well, Mariano's here. Uh, 
Sorry? So I think uh, we have to uh, yeah. talk about San Lorenzo's most important game. 21st century Classico. That's the, the media ah, addressing it up. There's some rivalry. Some, yeah, yeah, some rivalry, right? Yeah. It's Classico when Nuragan is not, not in the first division. Yeah, which is half the time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It happens often, right? Yeah, it was a good win for San Lorenzo. Fair win. Deserved. Uh, played a good first half. Had a few missed chances, as usual. Uh, bad news is that uh, Mauro Matos got injured. He'll be out for like three weeks. Um, then in the second half, late goal, uh, header by Matias Caruso. Sarenzo uh, wasn't playing that well till that moment. Uh, actually, we were expecting Vélez goal in any minute. Like it happened a few times this year. Like we played better than the other team, and then somehow they they scored, uh, but didn't happen. Sarenzo scored. Got a was fair the, win. Was the Copa Libertadores elimination? Have to do have to do with the the, the match because uh, the players of course were asked about that. About, uh, was was it fair or wasn't the the elimination? Of course, players. Says, we we will talk no more about Copa Libertadores because we are out. Yeah, um, there was some something in the atmosphere uh, <laughs> about uh, the Copa Libertadores elimination, and it was like San Lorenzo needed to win that game, so we could definitely put the Copa Libertadores elimination behind. So. It was important to win. Also, even if Vélez is not in a good uh, moment, like you said, there is some rivalry. So it was important to win. Um, yeah, okay. We are second place, three points behind the leader, and looking forward to have a good uh, tournament and maybe a Copa Argentina as well. We play in two weeks against uh, one of these small Something regional about. teams. Uh, Who have you got? Viale. I don't yeah. have a clue where they're from. Uh, we play in Formosa in, in two weeks. And yeah, I mean, now the main goal, of course, is to win the to win the tournament. Second goal is to qualify to the Copa Libertadores 2016. Uh, yeah. and, and what do you think about Bausa? I mean, I love Bausa. Ah, you do. See, I wanted to ask you because we've been saying for the last few weeks to months on Underpod that it's a shame you're not here because you read a bunch of stuff on Twitter from San Lorenzo fans saying, you know, Bowser's just no redeeming features whatsoever. Then there's other stuff saying, thanks very much for the copper, it's wonderful, but now we are champions, we'd like Look, to play like them. What do you think of, I mean, not just Bowser, but also of, of are, how the team have played? There are five, five guys in this team that 2014 changed my life and they will be up there forever. It's Bausa, Torrico, goalkeeper. He saved the ball in the last minute against Vélez in 2013 that allowed San Lorenzo to be the champion, that allowed San Lorenzo to qualify to Copa Libertadores. So <laughs> if, if that guy doesn't stop that ball, San Lorenzo doesn't win the tournament, doesn't win Copa Libertadores, nothing. So that guy is untouchable for me. Uh, Ortigosa, I love the fat guy. Because of the goals? Or, or because of everything. Yeah. I, I love him, how he plays, the goals, everything. I think we all love what he got so. Yeah, <laughs> of course. <laughs> Mercier, yeah. Mercier, the other midfielder. Yeah. Key guy. Uh, when he's not in a good moment, he's not, he's not playing well. San Lorenzo doesn't play well. And Matos. I mean, a bad guy. Scored a lot of important goals. He's always there. He's always important. It was a lot of times about Matos. How, how many times ago was he was 
playing for Arsenal, All Boys, All in, boys the, yeah. in the ascenso in the Primera B Metropolitana, and perhaps two years or three years later, he yeah. was. Uh, yeah, but not everybody can adapt uh, like that. For example, Chigliotti was another All Boys yeah. top scorer and. He wasn't that good for San Lorenzo, he wasn't that good for Boca, he, he was good for Colón. I so watched Gileti play for La Madrid in 2006. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he played in many uh, low, lower... The same as Gaston Bufanich, who plays yes. at Temple, I think. He also played with Gileti uh, at La Madrid. So there are several ma players that can adapt to the first division, which is not easy, yeah. of course. Uh, also, the thing with, uh, with Bausa is that even if San Lorenzo doesn't play nice football always. No, not at all. Yeah. It's, but, but San Lorenzo is three points behind Boca. Yeah. It's the second club with uh, more goals in the league. Has only uh, considered, uh, I think, six goals. Boca has five. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, nice I think that the criticism with Bausa is not about the results, which are clearly in his favor, but uh, there are games that San Lorenzo has to win and... and the, the the scheme is, is just so defensive. For example, the San Pablo game and the both San Pablo games. Well, he explained it a few times. Yeah. San, Lorenzo has, uh, San Lorenzo is an old team. Uh, has The average is above 30 years old. So they, they can play like maybe River was doing last year, putting high pressure on the field. Because in the second half, nobody would be able to run. Yeah. Uh, you have Marciera is almost 34, 35. Uh, Romagnoli, Matos. So... They have to adapt and play different. So it's normal also that when they score a goal, they try to defend it. So and it's also it's not a big squad. It's a good squad in my opinion, but it's not Deep, that yeah. big. So and when someone is replaced, you realize that uh, it's not that good as, as the the guy that was uh, started. So I think it has to do with that. He 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 knows how to adapt to the players he has and. Like I said, I love him. I have nothing, absolutely nothing bad to say about him. Has it been disappointing, uh, the the defence of, of, of the Copper? I mean, well, it has been. You're obviously going out in the, in the first round. But how disappointing was it? How much did you feel once you saw the draw that we all agreed, I think, that it was the group of death anyway? Yeah. The draw was... We started losing that Copa from the draw. Well, the only lucky moment San Lorenzo had in the whole Copa was the first game. We won against uh, Danubio in the last minute, a game that San Lorenzo didn't play well. After that, San Lorenzo played a pretty good game against uh, Corinthians, lost 1-0. They didn't deserve to lose at all. Then lost in the last minute against San Pablo. Then, okay, uh, then San Pablo won in the last minute against Danubio. So everything was going against San Lorenzo. And then you have the two rivals playing in the last game, mm. uh, Corinthians and San Pablo, and <laughs> Corinthians was 2-0, uh, San Pablo was 2-0 after 20 minutes, and all hope was gone, so, on. so uh, it, it was, no, nothing was going on, on our favour, so, but the main thing it was disappointing, it was disappointing, but, you've got, now that you didn't have a year ago, that one Copa Libertadores, which, which is worth it anyway, right? I mean, you'd rather have, yeah. have had the relative <laughs> disappointment of last year domestically, but still of course finally get that Libertadores the club was, so long for. It was a crazy year. I mean, uh, I, I went to Paraguay to the final, then I went to Morocco. <laughs> Everything was Perhaps San Lorenzo supporters think or, or believe that when they, this group of players are gone, it's gone, that the, the other players that come, that go to San Lorenzo, perhaps that doesn't have the that mystic to say it in yeah. Yeah. 
the, the thing is also that uh, every San Lorenzo, a new player San Lorenzo brought uh, since uh, Copa Libertadores last year didn't perform as expected. Yeah. Mm. Barrientos has been disappointing. Blanco, Blanco so far. Musis. Uh, I mean, the two best players yeah. left, Piatti and Correa, and they couldn't be replaced so far. So, uh, also Cauterucho, Centiati uh, wasn't that good. But, but <laughs> anyway, uh, yes, yeah. okay, it was another guy that left, yeah. Uh, Cauterucho returned from a long-term injury and has been disappointing. Verón has been disappointed since he returned from injury also. So, it's not easy for Bausa. Shalva is surprisingly low, low performance. Uh, lately he's been a little better, uh, but yes, uh, that, that's another reason. <laughs> if the players don't play well, defensive, offensive, or whatever, Bausa can do anything about it. Mm. Uh, continuing our tour, first of all, of the big five, or well, the big three, because as I said, we're going to talk about the Super Classico last of all. Uh, Racing got a 2 0 win over Lanús, which I thought was, I mean, the, the goals came relatively late in the game, but deserved Lanús still struggling for consistency for me, yeah. really. And uh, Acosta. Uh, was sent off again. Oh yeah, while <laughs> suspended. Do you know what happens now with him? Uh, uh, he Acosta should get a, an, another match. Exactly, the yeah. same happened to Arion. So uh, Acosta was sent three. off uh, against Banfield during in, in week. No, it was against you guys, wasn't it? Wasn't it? No, it was against Banfield yes. in the derby. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's right. He served the first match of the suspension against Boca, and then he, he, uh, he the kid again. whose name I can't remember got injured on international duty. Acosta was given a two-game suspension, but uh, what's his name? Facundo Monteserin yeah. uh, got injured on international duty for the under-20s, which means that his club are allowed to uh, ask for one of the suspensions to be to be postponed until they're back from injury. Um, so he played against Racing, and he got himself sent off again, and he's got now another two matches. But whether he plays this weekend because Monteserin's still injured, or is it's going to be three matches when I, I guess Monteserin he, comes back? He'll be able to play, him. but... I... You think Montessori is still injured? Because he was called again for the... I noticed he played, card. but I mean, that suggests he wasn't actually injured in the first place, doesn't it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man, yeah, he will be suspended. Agosta will be suspended. Yeah. He should be suspended he should, for he life. He will eventually be <laughs> suspended. So yeah. I'd, I'd quite like him to play like the next five matches because of Article 225 and get sent off in every one of them. <laughs> and then just be suspended from yeah. the Copa America through to the end of 2015. Yeah, and then they get sell him and... Uh... But Racing... Slowly starting to hit form just as the Libertadores knockout stages start. I was fairly, yeah. I, I didn't see the whole match obviously, but it, they were they looked fairly sharp and Gustavo and Bull getting back to goal scoring form. Um, and Independiente once again finding the net after I think two matches in a row which they, they haven't scored in. But they, played also, a game, they played a really good first half. Yeah. Mm. And of course, Almiron yeah. broke everything they had done right in the first half by introducing. Uh, uh, Beloc was at came yes. in, in halftime. Yeah. He made a tactical change when there was yeah. nothing to fix. Of course, he broke it, and <laughs> the guy scored an angle. The guy that came in to make it w even worse. The, but the it, it, I think it was given to Asenjo anyway. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, uh, Asenjo hit it, and it was going out for a throw in. Yes, yes. And yes. Uh, Beloc scored the own goal, but uh, then. Absolutely everybody in Argentina, including the statistic website that we've got up at the moment, put it down as an Asenjo yeah, goal, but yeah. it wasn't. It was an own goal. It was an own goal. It was a definition uh, so, of an own goal. And then you try to understand why the fans don't like him. And yeah. That's why. He overcoaches when there's no need to do it. He makes a lot of changes from game to game. And Gerardo Martino 
um, was on uh, the television today saying that he thinks it's ridiculous that uh, that Jorge Almiron, I forgot his name for a second, um, is, is questioned by Independientes fans because what he's done for Independiente is almost miraculous in Martino's words. Yeah, that's classic coaches protecting each other. Did Almiron no, play for the same Newell's team as Martino? What, what, why is he saying if, this? If you watch the Fox Sports, uh, the... Uh, TV show mm. every day at noon. Well, that's what I saw yeah. Yes, and you know, there's this guy, Kai Aymar. Yeah. He was he used to be a coach. He's always protecting our coaches, trying to explain, no, you shouldn't say that about the coach. He's not, it's not his fault. So they, it's like they protect each other. Corporative. Of course, yeah. yes, of course. There's, there's nothing miraculous about what Aymar is doing. It's real shame. Peter was originally supposed to be here tonight with his work run over, so he couldn't make it, and I really wanted to ask him about Almiron again not that he's not already asked the question I think times. The, the only miraculous thing that Almiron is is doing is to hold to his show yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the only miracle but might not be yeah I think maybe, maybe last season or uh, the, in the beginning they didn't have a really great squad I mean he, he did okay with what he had I mean um, it was mostly Mancuesho carrying, carrying them most of the matches but uh, they bought some good players like Papa Tagafico, Albertengo, some others. Toledo. Toledo also. Uh, so, yeah, I think that they do have a, a better squad now, so they should be performing a little bit better. Well, so. the, the obvious thing that needed improving over the summer, as we said in our preview season, preview episode, was the defence. Because yeah. Independiente's attack, you didn't really need to touch it that much. You just needed a couple of centre-backs who could actually play as centre-backs. And the two centre-backs were about the only position that they didn't they sign anybody bought, in. Yeah. They bought full-backs, they bought midfielders, they bought yeah. strikers, no, no, no centre-backs. And surprise, surprise, I mean, OK, actually they've conceded notably fewer goals uh, after 11 matches than they had after 11 matches at the de Transition. But they've still only kept two clean sheets. They're still conceding goals, which are costing them points. Um, Another and, thing yeah. that is hard to understand from Albinon is that he's looking for Tula to, to recover from an injury when he's 37 years old. Yeah, As if he were, I don't know, uh, yeah. the one who is who will save the the, the defense from conceding more goals. And Aguilar and Cuesta aren't uh, perhaps the the, the uh, brilliant uh, pair of 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 of, of central backs. Well, again, they were talking on the Fox Sports show that, that Mariano mentioned a minute ago um, today about you know, is it going to be Figal or Cuesta for that second centre back spot? this weekend and you think I mean when your choice is between those two you've got some problems in defence right Um, other matches that caught your eye gentlemen apart from the obvious one Um, any nominations from Rosario Central as usual Rosario Central games are like very emotional (laughs) it's like they're all going forward trying to attack whole time would you say Huracan no, no, can't defend it well. Are you going to give them any credit? Or no, no, they, yeah, yeah, they, they defended well. They defended well. It's not common <laughs> on them, but they did it. Um, yeah, they scored a penalty. Probably Rosario Central deserved to win, mm. I think. But I thought Central were largely the better side, but I mean, as you say, Huracan dug in very How well. How many draws in a row uh, for Rosario Central? Uh, they've got uh, only two in a row, but five of the last six matches because they managed uh, that last minute win against San Martin a few weeks yeah. ago. Yeah, um, I'm talking of San Martin, as I said, I'm, I wanted to mention this because, first of all, Tempo versus San Martin started spectacularly. Uh, San Martin hit the crossbar about 17 seconds into it. About one minute after that, 
Um, Leandro Martinez, was it? No, it was... Yes, it wasn't. Uh, Leandro Martinez um, put a ball over the crossbar for about two or three yards out, and if he put it under the crossbar, it would have been a golasso, because although it was only about three yards out, the move that led up to it was spectacular. And about three or four minutes after that, um, their number 40, Jose Luis Gomez, went over Tempolo goalkeeper Federico Crivelli, up in the air, landed on his face, his neck bent over 90 degrees backwards <laughs> and he ended up playing. I think he finished the match. He did. He played the entire yes, game. Oh, no, he didn't. Sorry. He was subbed off after 72 minutes um, after needing treatment for about five minutes. I mean, it, when, it, when the game hit the nine-minute mark, the ball had only actually been in he, play. He was completely disoriented. It was, um, it was insane. I couldn't believe he played on. Yeah. And so after that entertaining start, I was pleased that San Martín uh, got the, the win, at least. Um, Leandro Martínez got the only goal just before half time Gomez, Gomez is a kind of we can compare to of course comparing uh, Ibarra because he, he's a number four he's a right back but he scored a lot of goals mm. not a lot but four or five goals yeah. yes. to, to the point where he's he actually started on Monday and I think he started a fair few games at wide midfield uh, because he gets forward so much but you're quite right he's, his first choice um, position is, is his right back and so San Martino making do very well um, there, it was perhaps slightly harsh on tempo, day, but at the same time, difficult to take the win away from San Martin. But I just wanted to mention that match because frequently on Monday evenings, with this 30 team Primera with yeah. 15 matches every weekend, by the time you get to Monday, you've just got two or three dreadful matches in front of you. <laughs> well, actually, the only I mean, two the, one, were the one that was played at the same time as that was Crucero del Norte at home to Colón and Crucero del Norte are a team who only get points because they've got a ridiculously overgrown pitch <laughs> the grass comes up to about the height of this table and nobody can play football on it away from home they lose every match they're useless um, and I didn't even bother watching it normally I try and split screen with one match on the tablet and one match on the, the television and have them side by side on the screen um, and I didn't even bother for, for Monday evening because you know that Crucero del Norte is going to be a, a yes, shit match, a, especially when they're at home to Colón, who are not that good away from home it was themselves. Very yeah. And Arsenal Kilmer as well. That that should be should have been the match played on on Thursday perhaps, and and Thursday mm. afternoon, and and something that was said but by by someone, uh, which I think is he, he was right. Uh, what what is the reason uh, why they they may they make a, a match be played on on Thursday when? All of them are played on Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Yeah, it's yeah, most, I mean, the, the, rare. The question yeah. that we had last week was asking why there were no games on Friday because the I can't remember who it was asking, but it was one of our British listeners or American listeners um, who obviously don't have a day off on on the first of May in Britain. We do it on the fifth of May, and in the states, I don't know whether you do it at all. Very anti-socialist thing, yeah. uh, after all. Um, or rather, sorry, we don't do it on the fifth of May. We do it on the first Monday of May. Hence, two days ago was was the back holiday in Britain. Um, but yeah, so I can kind of I can understand why there were no games on Friday, but then why why stick one on Thursday, as you say? Why not just have an extra one on Saturday, start a little bit earlier on Sunday? Or Racing Lanús could have played on on, on Thursday. It was a game to play on Thursday, for yeah. example? It would have been nice to have that. Yeah. Racing would have been happy for it because of course yeah, they've got five. I don't understand. But like the best definition I've heard of this thirty team tournament is that we have a National B second division. A league inside first division. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, so and they play on Mondays, for example. National B is yeah. ki- ha- National B has been killed with this tournament. It's like yeah. no, it's not a bad tournament. But we no, have no, another another national. No, the, the real Premier National has been killed because yeah. no one plays pays attention with so many matches 
On yeah. four divisions. Yeah, yeah, and it's ridiculous to have three teams and only two relegations. I mean, it's... Yes, that's it. It's... That's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, you hard to fix this because uh, well, we... Two or three years. I wouldn't say it's going to be hard, but it's going to take a few years, as you say. But no, not only that, because let's say you relegate four teams, get two teams up, now you have 28 teams. How do you make a tournament with 28 teams? Oh, you can pro- make 27 matches, you can make 54 matches. No. How, what do you do? How do you? Well, they will, won't they? There will be 28 matches. Yeah, but that's okay. Them. And then when we're 26 <laughs> teams, then 26 matches, that's, I mean... It's the really awkward one, because I assume that by the time... They've always said that... Well, always. They've said for the last few months that, that for the start of 2019-20, because of course we're yeah. flipping back to European seasons <laughs> next year, um, for the start of 2019-20, they want 22 teams in the Primera. And that's going to be the set. And okay, I mean, for me, the Argentine Primera probably eighteen, nineteen, yeah. maybe twenty is, is is the sensible amount. But twenty two isn't too bad. It's okay. Yeah. But at some point, presumably, the twenty two team championship is going to be the one that they've been talking about for a couple of years beforehand, which is going to be everybody playing everybody else home and away, and one, you know, a European style league championship. Yeah. If they're going to phase into that, then at some point between twenty sixteen and twenty nineteen they're going to have to switch to everybody playing each other twice because you can't do that with 28 teams as you say yeah. it's going to be 26 teams that, that, that's I mean 52 games it's impossible to yeah. play with the Copa Libertadores and Sudamericana uh, and 26 teams is too few but how with 20, 22, with 22 it's, it's presumably what's going to happen and therefore at some point in one of those yeah, seasons 26. they're going to have to change the format but we don't know when it's going yeah. to happen how are they going to decide to add more relegations because you know all everybody votes and everybody uh, has one vote, every team has wow. one vote. So there will be a yeah. lot of teams that won't like that. <laughs> you can't tell them, okay, we are going to add 10 relegations. And of course, a lot of yeah, clubs are going to yeah. vote against that. So yeah. Nothing's going to be decided on this, of course, until after the end of the 2015 championship. Yeah. Um, and more importantly, and more to, to the point, after the end of the AFA presidential election. Anyway, there is, any, there is a thing that could be even crazy. More crazy than, than than it is now. That is to perhaps play with a non-pair number of of play of teams and Uneven. leave one team free. For example, there yeah. there were a time when when in the metro happened. Yes. Uh, not now, but yeah, they do in the last not, not, not anymore. But yeah, I think doing it in the Primera is no. They will have to, to to split it in groups or, or whatever. I mean, mm. I don't know, two groups, <laughs> thirteen teams each, and then face each other. I don't know. It's 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 impossible to make a turn with twenty six teams. It's there's no way. One thing that I think we can remain calm about is that at least, given the history of the Argentine Championship and all of the various format changes down the last hundred and twenty, uh, hundred fifteen years, hundred sixteen years, years, um, they've certainly got a lot of you know previously attempted formats to fall back on they could always look at one yeah. yeah we'll do it like we did in the 1930s or whatever um, other games from the weekend uh, Tigre got a very good 2-0 win over Nueva Chicago Carlos Luna scoring twice and picking up his fifth yellow card of the year which means he won't be playing this weekend big, big rivalry yeah because of what happened yeah. a few years ago promotion and promotion uh, finals and the death some the guys fight. killed yeah and, and it was very important for them, and it was a fair win. Tigre is looking solid, mm. like like Belgrano. Yeah. Uh, Civi continued recent good form with a one 0 win over Argentinos. Decent uh, result for them. And now we probably have to get on to the Super Clásico, which Andres and I don't really want to talk about, <laughs> um, but which Fede 
volunteered with particular zeal to come <laughs> on and talk about this week. Uh, because on Sunday, as we already mentioned, Boca Juniors beat River Plate 2-0. I think we're going to start by asking the one neutral in the room what he thought of it. Mariano, what did you make of Sunday's Super <sighs> I hate them both so much. <laughs> Despise them. That's what makes you neutral. I, I, I wanted to say that. Now, getting into the game. Uh, yes, I, I heard someone who is same team than you, then saying that if he could may have made have made that both teams to lose. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, That's very much how I felt watching Real Madrid Juventus yesterday. So. Yes. It was a interesting first half. Boca maybe a little better. He had the best chances, or, or they were building them better because River also had one or two good chances. Second half was really boring, and it was looking like it was going to be a Neil Neil, mm. there was no way to change it. Um, it looks like River probably was more comfortable with uh, Neil Neil and they paid for that. Uh, I could say that it was a fair win. Maybe two goals was a bit too much, but once they scored the first one, it was like uh, they, they, broke the, they broke the game. <laughs> and that's when Boca had the chance to score the other goal. I'm not sure if Arena really won it with his substitutions. I mean, it's easy to say that. Yeah, so but it says so, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's easy to say that now with the, with the score, but if the game had finished five minutes earlier, it was a near-near and... No, but but you could see the minute Gago stepped into the pitch that Boca just changed the way they play. I mean, they, that, they that stopped throwing the long balls and... Uh, yeah, but for, I mean... For me, that, that was the main one, because everybody said, oh, the two substitutes scored the goals, yeah. therefore he's won. And you're like, well, actually... The, it was the one substitute who didn't score yeah, <laughs> who he made was, the yeah. biggest difference. Yeah, that. but if you, if you watch again the play in which Pavon scores the first goal, uh, you see the ball all around the the, 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 the box and no, there is no river uh, the defender mm. that, that can clear the ball. I, I think that and, and that summarizes what River is doing defensively. They are considering a lot of advantages. What I mean is you can't give Arobarena credit for putting Gago in the game. It was the obvious thing. To do. <laughs> yeah, of course. Gago, Pavon, and Pablo Perez. I, I don't know whether they will be in the starting lineup tomorrow, but yeah. they were supposed to be. So uh, they, they, it, he did what every coach would have done yeah, it's not in like his position to put the the the, the starting lineup players for a, yeah. another match play be, to be played four days after to have some rhythm, some. Yeah. Some Boca, minutes to play and Boca is making a difference with a big squad. That's one of the yeah. main reasons. But he also took out uh, Chavez. I mean, he, he took a striker out to mm. win the game. So that that I I I was at the La Bombonera Chavez was having an awful. Yeah, yeah, he he was awful. But I mean, it, it's a an odd way to to want to win the match, uh, taking a striker out, and it, it worked for him. So. What did you think of uh, Marcelo Meli? Um, because I thought the the match that I was at, the, the River Boca in the rain um, mm-hmm. last October, yeah, it was October, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of the better players in that. I actually rewatched it afterwards on YouTube mm-hmm. um, to try and get a sense of it as a game because I was so wet to the bones by the time it kicked <laughs> off that I couldn't really take much in in the stands. Um, and Meli really stood out in that match but on Sunday he seemed to do it wasn't that he was doing everything wrong but he seemed to do half of the stuff he tried doing he, he did it right and the other half was just awful yeah. um, what did you make of it? 
Yeah, I have mixed feelings about Meli. I mean, he, I think he's made uh, for Boca. I mean, he, he has a lot of effort, a lot of energy. He, he runs the whole game. He, I mean, he he has a, a, a great, a big, a big defensive effort. Uh, but I think he he's not a starter. I mean, if I, if you dream up your son alone for Boca, he's not there. But the thing is, uh, Perez hasn't been playing much. Gago has had a lot of injuries. Kubas has had a lot of injuries. Service as well. So I mean, he he's the first backup, and he he ends up playing a lot of games. He has some very good games, and he has some okay games or so games. Uh, I I don't think he adds anything to the offensive uh, buildup or the of, of the game. He's more of a of a box to box midfielder, if you want. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, he's okay. I, I don't really. I, I, a lot of uh, of Boca fans love him. Uh, I don't as much, but uh, he. He's the go-to guy for for Arroyo Arena, so yeah, he's going to continue to play. He's going to continue to play in midfield, according to Ole, at yeah. least, who admittedly aren't always the most trustworthy, but um, yeah, they were at the Boca's practice earlier today. That's Wednesday, of course, because by the time this goes online, it'll be a few hours to go until the match itself, uh, in which the starting eleven apparently looked like being Orion in goal. Uh, Marin, Diaz, Torsiglieri and Colasso along the back, so that's... Th- Three of the four who started on Sunday, I think, isn't it? Colasso didn't uh, start. Two. Uh, Marini, oh, you're right. Yeah, the two yeah. fullbacks of Chesh. Um, Perez, Gago, and Meli in midfield, and then Carrizo, Caleri, and Pavon across the front. Um, for River, Marcelo Gachardo is playing his cards a little bit closer to his chest, as he did ahead of Sunday's match as well. He was much more reluctant to reveal an 11. Um, but it looks at the moment apparently like Leonardo Poncio is going to come in for Ariel Rojas and Ramiro Funes Mori is going to come in for Germán Petzela. Uh, if that did happen, Poncio and Kranovita playing in the midfield would presumably be more of a double five. But yeah. Andres, I, I thought they we, we've be... heard the neutral and the Boca point of view from Sunday's match, so before we talk about the ones coming, what did you think of Sunday? Um, I, I must say, well... Even though I, I am not neutral, Marian said it was more or less what happened. Um, it was a quite even match with Boca being a bit closer to to winning it before it, uh, they scored the, the two goals. And they won, won it because it looked like they wanted to. And River was like, more well, it's 0-0, zero, zero, it's nil-nil, it's good result. Then we can win our match on, on Thursday at the Monumental and we will be with the advantage for, for the second leg. Mm. And, and they were thinking on in, on that, I think, and Boca was thinking on the, the match that was being played at that moment. Uh, independently of the players that were coming in uh, to the pitch from the bench or not, or Pablo Pérez is a very good player, uh, Pavón is, is young and he has some punch there, has, he's spicy uh, to say uh, that he, he's, uh, he has quality and... And well, uh, River had some, some advantages defensively, and and they paid it uh, uh, because 38 minutes of the second half was like perhaps like Gallardo said the match was going to be zero zero or nil nil, but you can't be happy with that. That that, that is where I think you can't be happy. With, well, okay, we can't break Boca, and we we will have a, a, a draw and we will continue top leaders with them mm. well if if you can't win it's okay but uh, it was like well it's okay like a lazy uh, way of thinking uh, yeah 
I, I kind of got the impression that for me both teams would have accepted the nil-nil but Boca did continue to press more um, and ultimately yeah they they won it as Mariano says I think the 2-0 lead was maybe yeah, that's what happens yeah. when one team concedes like throws everything forward yeah. and you get a counter attack which, which is how the second goal came um, but yeah what did you think of Teo Gutierrez because we <laughs> spoke and somebody asked us last week who would you have in attack Teo or Kavanaki as a starter and I said Kavanaki I can't remember what you said Andres and again fairly disappointing apart from that one flash when he set up Sanchez for what would have been a an amazing goal uh, 10 or 15 minutes into the second half uh, which cut him back off the crossbar but other than that I can't remember him doing very much I, I, I must confess that when the match was play, was being played and, and the others looked like a bit lazy also I was like come on put a leg, put the leg uh, like saying uh, co- commit yourself with the match yeah. a bit more And but he plays like that he's like that and the thing yeah. is, he's, he's not really a penalty box predator in the same way that Kavanaki is, who's got a proper nose for goal. And when you're... So, so he's a similar kind of striker to Rodrigo Mora, but without the work rate, when he's not in the mood for it. And if you're going to be a, that kind of forward, pulling wide, trying to set up your opponent as much as... Uh, your, your teammate as much as you try to score, you need to have a work rate to go with it. And Teo... I, I, I don't agree with the one... I, I read people saying that uh, they change... That Arrobarina won the game with the changes and, Bo- and Machado lost the, the match with the changes when he uh, put Cabenagi uh, instead of of Teo, like because Teo like goes out of the box like you said and Cabenagi is more a number nine, a, 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 perhaps a reference in the in the in the box. Look, they, he he tries to go down and try to to make plays, mm. um, but I don't agree with that. That that. Gallardo lost the match with with that change. Uh, it's easy to win a game with changes when you have 25 players. Yes. <laughs> and River has 14, maybe 15. <laughs> so it's unbelievable for me that, for example, tomorrow uh, Lodeiro and uh, Osvaldo are yeah. not starting. It's crazy. I mean, that, that shows how many it's, players. Is that confirmed? Yeah. 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 I mean. Yeah. It's what they did. How, how did you find Osvaldo? Because we had uh, Julian on last week who said that one of his, I can't remember whether it was him or one of his colleagues at Teise, uh went to talk to, to Boca, were in La Bombonera the week before the match, and were quite taken aback by just how nervous Osvaldo was because he really is a fan. And he mm-hmm. kind of, before he said, I, I thought they were doing it for the cameras, and you know, you kind of think, oh yeah, but he's a professional footballer, he'll get over it. And Initially, I thought he started quite nervously up until that shot that hit the post, yeah. which was, okay, what, 10 minutes in? Yeah. That seemed to settle him a bit. The rest of the first half, I thought he was quite good as a target man, and in yeah. the second, he disappeared almost. Yeah, I, yeah I, I'm biased here because I absolutely love Osvaldo. I mean, for me, a player who was playing in Inter uh, some months ago and he's not playing here, replacing Gigliotti. So, yeah, uh, I absolutely love him. I think it was okay. I mean, in the first goal, uh, any other strike would just throw the ball in and whatever. Osvaldo took the time and sent the pass back, which ended in the goal, of course, with some mistakes from the real defense. But uh, he had an okay game. I mean, he, he has been better and he, he, he can do better and expect, expect him to do better. Uh, but he wasn't bad. I, I read some, some people criticizing him. Uh, he hit the post. It, it was one chance. I mean, uh, there was there, there weren't many clear chances for any team. Um, maybe shot from from far, or but not many built chances. 
he did okay. It was not his his best performance though. So, but he's he's like the main striker. He's like yeah. Boca's main striker, uh, or the most important one. Yeah, <laughs> they spend a lot of money on him. Yeah, and he's not starting on the one of the most important games this year. So yeah, I I, I was talking was about this uh, with a friend of mine who's also a Boca fan, and uh, I guess if he had scored goal, he he would play again on Thursday. So I think it was the. The way Arrowarena had to to motivate him and to but, but sorry I think Arrowarena knows that River has problems in their in their uh, sides with right and left that's why he puts Caleri and uh, and Pavon because they play more in the, in their sides yeah Vangioni of course the left back for River is very attacking essentially and isn't having the best season of his uh. career. And on the uh, right back, Gabriel Mercado is the normal first choice. He's fairly good going forward and defending, but he's suspended for both legs uh, due to the idiocy that he showed after. Was it the Tigres game? Yeah. And he got yes, a free yes. game randomly. Um, so, yeah, well done, Gabriel Mercado. Um, I'm going, before we, we'll, we'll be back after this music. At the moment, I need a, a refill. I think Fede and Mariano could do with them as well, and possibly Andres. So, uh, this music is a little interlude, and then we will get really stuck into the upcoming Copa Libertadores. Uh, pair of duels in particular Thursday nights which by the time the first of you hear this will only be a few hours away so don't go anywhere about the Copa Libertadores. First of all, we will mention uh, that one of the ties has been decided. It's not between Argentine clubs, but uh, Tigres um, versus Universitario ended 1-1 in the second leg on Tuesday evening, and that means that Tigres, the Mexican side of, of course, top River Plate's group, uh, through to the quarterfinal, 3-2 on aggregate. River Plate supporters are happy with that. Yes, it allows us to rescue some dignity at least. Uh, from the group stage uh, there's also an Argentine side have already started the last 16 Estudiantes got a I thought deserved 2-1 win at home to Independiente Santa Fe on Tuesday evening it was like two completely different games yeah. first half and the second half yes yeah, there yeah, was yeah. Crazy. The second half, yeah. first yeah. half Estudiantes were really good really good and, and the second half Santa Fe was really good and I think that that goal will be a headache in the, the second yeah yeah second as goal. I say I think Estudiantes deserved the win but at the same time Independiente Santa Fe definitely deserved the away goal yes. and they will play with the, some um, height there in yeah. Bogotá yeah but it's going to be, I think it's going to be a headache for them in the second leg uh, I'm not sure they can they, they will yeah Milito still finding the team so yeah yeah but Milito started fairly well I mean so far he's had is it three or two three isn't it matches in charge of Estudiantes the last yeah. group stage match uh, the yeah. match away to Olimpo where obviously you had to guard some players for the match on Tuesday evening and the match on Tuesday evening and so far it's I think two wins and one draw um, away to Olimpo drawing yeah. okay fine <coughs> Olimpo it's too early, to, a, a it's too early to say if he's doing a good job he's improved but it's like a mix of of, yeah. of, of uh, theories we can say because Estudiantes historically well yeah. was said a lot of times of Bilardo and the way they like more yeah, to play really, and Milito yeah. is more Perhaps uh, uh, related to Barcelona style. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's too fast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's too yeah, early. Come on. That, that's what he wants. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know. He doesn't and, have a stag yet. And uh, the idea of this week's history section was to do a little bit which uh, English Dan suggested, obviously being the Racing fan. Um, but obviously there are no Racing fans here. And I unfortunately was going to put something together but I didn't have the time today. But it was going to be to do a little bit on Gustavo Costas, who's the Independiente Santa Fe manager. Uh, and the way that English Dan put it on Twitter last night was that, that the, the two managers of, of that time were Gabriel Milito, Independiente legend, against Gustavo Costas, who's arguably even more of a racing legend. Um, and since I have some Argentines in the room who at least know something about Gustavo Costas off the top of their heads, because he's not a figure that I've come across an awful lot in my just over 10 years, I think, writing yeah, about Argentines. He's been coaching precisely, all, yeah, all over America. America. I mean, I know who he is, but I don't, I've never had to yeah, research did. him in depth. Um, off the top of your heads, guys. Tell us a little bit about Gustavo Costas. Anybody can jump in. Just make this chaotic. He was a... I was going to say a decent defender, but no. He was, really. he was the he mascot... He wasn't that decent, actually. The mascot for the Racing side that won the 67 Intercontinental yes, Dallas. Yes, that, that's <laughs> where he started. But, I mean, as a player, he was just an average defender in one of many Racing uh, bad eras. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he was an, an average manager too for Racing at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he had in his career, or, or well, before he, he, he started play, play, playing, uh, some particular things about his life, which was being, of course, the mascot when he was three years ago, uh, three years or three years old, uh, in 1967, winning the Copa Libertadores. Then he, he went uh, to the uh, uh, Torneo Nacional, I don't know how it was called, in 1983. When they played, they, they played against Independiente, they lost and the, the second were, division. Was really second division, well, relegated against their, of course, yeah, rival. maximum rival, Independiente. Uh, then winning the, the Supercopa in 1988 as a player also, and now having the winning, having won in four different countries. In, he won, like yeah, won championship in four different countries. Uh, I don't remember the countries. Eng- English Dan referred to him as the South American Jose Mourinho, which I think <laughs> might be slightly <laughs> overdoing it. But he has won titles in Peruvian First Division twice with Alianza Lima, Paraguay with Cerro Porteño, uh, Ecuador with Barcelona de Guayaquil, and two First Division, oh sorry, one First Division in Colombia and one Superliga, not sure what that is, uh, with Independiente Santa Fe last year and the Superliga this year. Um, so, yeah, that's Gustavo Costas. That's a nice story. Uh, he's so often overlooked here. Yeah, he'll, uh, he'll have a chance uh, sooner or later again here. You reckon? Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he has won so many Yeah, titles. having won four titles in, in America, he'll have a chance eventually. Even when Coca is fired. <laughs> <laughs> but Coca is good, he's strong. Yeah, so yeah I like him, yeah. If, if they can overturn the, the first leg deficit and, and get past the Estudiantes, then you'd have to maybe put him a little bit further into the Argentine conscience again as, as a manager. Um, but there are two other ties in the last 16 involving Argentine clubs. One of them is Racing versus Montevideo Wanderers, which we're not going to bother previewing because you don't care about it. Um, but Racing are favourites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's the Hand of Pod preview of Racing against Boca Juniors. You know, and here is the Hand of Pod preview of River Plate versus Boca Juniors. The first question I need to ask is Was Sunday's match more important for first place in the league, or are these two matches coming up in the Copa Libertadores more important 
to me, that's a very stupid question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we're all agreed. Yeah. We're all agreed that Sunday's was the most important. <laughs> um, the league is more important than the Copa Libertadores, of course. I think a more interesting <laughs> question, perhaps. Well, the league, the league makes you play the Copa Libertadores. For me, the, the top tournament now is tournament, then Copa Argentina, and then Copa Libertadores, maybe. I don't so it's the things that San Lorenzo are still in. Of course. <laughs> um, more seriously, Copa Libertadores last 16 or Copa Sudamericana semi-final? And I'm not asking this question because River won it. Forget who won the, the Sudamericana semi-final. It's because it's, it was the last time that they met in continental competition after a decade, I think it was, yeah. wasn't it? Ten, ten yeah. and a half years yeah. after the, the Libertadores semi-final, of course, in 2004. Would you, as, let's take Andres and set you against... Further, you know, I'll try and sit relatively neutral as a foreigner, after all. Um, Andres, if you could go back in time and change the result of the Copa Sudamericana semi-final, would you be happy to send Boca through to the Sudamericana final if it meant that River could advance to the quarter-final of this year's Libertadores now? No, you're thinking about, talking about the, 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 the station which they played, I think that advancing to the final, uh, defeating... In Boca or for Boca supporters to defeat River is, I think, very very, very more important, much more important than, than than doing it. Even though it is Copa Libertadores, advancing to quarter final because we 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 have just said off air that uh, perhaps the other teams aren't so strong. Mm-hmm. Even Brazilian teams aren't so strong uh, uh, from the point of view of the game or how they are playing uh, they have to advance or to win three more uh, uh, draws to to, to, uh, to reach the or to claim the Copa Libertadores uh, so I think if of course it's very important and uh, for the situation uh, that comes uh, later is it's very important to, to, to defeat and to advance the, 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 the your rival River Boca but uh, Having to play then quarterfinals, semifinals, and finals, I think uh, harder than to do it just in the final mm. and, and immediately after you you defeated the. the That's something the, that Rodolfo Barrera before uh, Sunday Super Classico. In fact, before I think it became definite that River and Boca would meet in the last sixteen. Um, kind of hinted at himself. I think he he said something along the lines of if if you win in the semi final. In, in a classical of this size, then you're in the final and that's kind of it. You, 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 your morale is so high that you almost sail through it. The Boca defeated River twice yeah. in the past decade. Uh, one winning the, the Copa and then, and then the other one losing yeah. it. Uh, but um, yes, uh, and the thing is that when you defeat uh, the other team, so important uh, rival, then you say, well, we, le- we have our a, a big relax, uh, yeah. 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 yes uh, and further uh, I I don't agree here uh, <laughs> obviously uh, I, I'm not saying I mean to me both both uh, ties are, are equally hard I mean uh, any 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 two leg tie between Boca and River is tough no matter where if it is Americano the Libertadores and no matter the stage uh, but I think the Libertadores is, is more important and it has more history, both for Vulcan and for River. It's, it's a bigger competition. Uh, 
Uh, obviously, you could win now, any team could win now, and then go out in the quarterfinal or semifinal or whatever. And then uh, it's not a great achievement to even if you beat your rival, if you then go out. So because but if, you, if you do go out later in the competition, yeah, winning the Super Classico in the last sixteen has to be a bit of a consolation at least. It is. I mean, it's not the trophy. But it is. I mean, uh, I, I do. For example, remember the the uh, two thousand and four Libertadores more than the two thousand and three, even though we lost the final because that that semi final against River was. I mean, it was huge. Hmm. Uh, but it's a relief for the other teams supporters. Of course, of it's, course. Yeah. It, it, all, all the other parts of the country will say, will will have their t-shirts with their teams, yeah. uh, the rivals of the other team in yeah. in the following stages. I can actually say something about the 2004 Libertadores because, as I said before on Hand of Pod, in, in answer to a listener's question, the second leg of that tie was the first that I can actually remember managing to get a stream of some of it um, mm-hmm. online and watching it incredibly late at night in England and just there kind of being able to feel the atmosphere and seeing Tevez score and thinking oh shit that, that, that's it and then seeing Lucho Gonzalez's equaliser um, and, and the whole thing was incredible and a couple of weeks later when Boca were playing the second leg of the final I was in Buenos Aires mm-hmm. and so that was fantastic fun my, my then girlfriend's mum my, my then girlfriend was a River fan which is why I was um, and my then girlfriend's mum was a Boca fan and walked in from having had to go out to a meeting or, or some uh, uh, drinks with friends or something as the, the match was being played she walked in about 10 minutes after full time and we've been watching it and obviously me and my then girlfriend and her dad all supporting River <laughs> therefore all supporting Anse Caldas it was incredible um, and so yeah I mean obviously the Libertadores is, is, is the more important competition um, yeah but you have to Think about the stage. I mean, River won it and advanced to oh, a final, yeah, and they yeah. won a title. And Boca will advance to a quarterfinal. Which, which is why I, I phrased the question as: Is a comp- is a Sudamericana the Libertadores being far more important than the Sudamericana? But is the Sudamericana semi-final more important than the Copa Libertadores last sixteen? If, if it wasn't a super classical, as, as a neutral, if it was, of course, it's more important than semi-final. Copa Argentina, for example, is not so important because it's new and. Because River and Boca had play each other, and because it's ridiculously organized. Of course, but <laughs> but but Copa Sudamericana. I'd say that if River and Boca play each other, 2015, 2016, or more often, that will give more importance to the title or to the trophy than the history. Because of course, the Boca in, River in, fans. In the eyes of the eyes, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, in the eyes of the Boca River fans. Well, of sure, course. Yeah. Uh, ask a Huracan fan if he what, needs Boca River uh, to meet oh, in Copa Argentina to make it more important. But, but on a huge level, the Argentine public and Boca River fans are, you know, I mean, it's two thirds of the country, supposedly. As, a, as supposedly. a neutral, I couldn't care less. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, if Boca River meet in Copa Argentina, before or after, uh, you are a, a big team supporter. If you, you ask a Colón or a, or a Lanús supporter, they will. They like won't care. They won't care either. Well, if they win it, they, if Lanús, Lanús won Copa Sudamericana and they go to Banfield and uh, Banfield fans and say, We won Copa Sudamericana and you will, didn't. It will benefit. Don't care if Boca uh, or Liverpool wins it or wins it or not. It will benefit the importance of the title. <laughs> I think that yeah. it will benefit the importance of the title then, after that. Uh, of course. Yeah, now so they will sell, we'll, we'll, we'll sell more new Supercopa. Yeah. I, I don't know if Boca and River. Goalkeeper. If River and Boca have played Supercopa. The, Sorry, the num- I'm going to have to interrupt Andres and explain my explanation there. Federico Santander has just scored um, a 
I'm going to say scored a free kick to put Warani 1-0 up against Corinthians. But you don't have a bug on here, right? I'm going to jump. I'm going to jump. Cassio right is the goalkeeper who was in goal when Corinthians won yeah. it a few years ago. Yeah. And six has goals just allowed it to squirm through. That's incredible. Sixth goal for Santander in the Copa. So, yeah, of course, we... No, he's help. with... Almost level with Gustavo Bull now. Did Bull yes. get score six or seven in the group stage? Anyway, right. Santander is doing, doing very well for somebody who was not good enough yeah. for Racing. Um, any more comments on, on the Libertadores doubleheader to make sporadically, before, uh, spontaneously before no, I... No, I, I was saying when, just when Santander scored that magnificent goal that <laughs> uh, I don't remember if... I, I, I don't think so. That River and Boca have... If, if River and Boca have played each other in the Supercopa... The name of the tournament that had oh, before than the Copa Sudamérica and the Mercosur, which was uh, some years. That that will make uh, that that is what that is what for me makes the title and the trophy more important. Then of course the neutral supporters will say, "I don't care. I I like I I want my team to win, and then I don't care the others." The thing is, it's but, so overhyped that yeah. whoever goes through in this. Uh, uh, two legs and if they don't win the tournament I mean it's not important <laughs> it will be only important for them I mean there, there's no special title because okay you are out on quarterfinals but you beat Boca you beat River in the round of 16 yeah. <laughs> it's the same as nothing yeah you're right <laughs> but uh, and River already won Copa Sudamericana so if Boca wins Copa Libertadores of course it, make, it makes it important the same in 2004 Boca lost the final against Once Caldas yeah, okay. And, uh, you're, special, proud, you're proud of uh, because and, you eliminated, eliminated River. And it had a special right? taste because it's yeah, it's not a title, but it's not the same as nothing. I mean, it's it's but something you remember. Boca and River of course, yeah, yeah, I agree. It's not a title, but it's nothing. Let's, let's try and imagine San Lorenzo beating Huracan in the Copa Libertadores semi-final. It would be fun. Just that if we if we lose, for example, I'm really happy about the, what happened in uh, 2008 with San Lorenzo coming back from two goals and with nine players and everything. But it's nothing. I mean, but you do remember that game. Yes, so, of yeah. course. It was a, it, it it was a, a game. It was yeah. a great but game. 2004, the 2004 uh, semi-finals of Copa Libertadores had a special taste for, um, I, I fancy, for Boca uh, supporters because it was with no away crowd. Now we are used to, to that, but at that time it wasn't so usual. Yeah, but the 2000 uh, quarterfinal is also... Uh, a great memory for for Boca fans as well, I would say. And uh, every club is important. And, and, and I guess ten years from now you're gonna be talking I, about I that. But it's not more important than winning Copa Sudamericana, for example. If Boca doesn't, it's not more important, but it, it, it is a memory. And and I'm sure, and I'm sure, ten years from now he will remember about the Copa Sudamericana, the semifinal more than the final. And, and it's okay. I mean, it's yeah, but they won it. I'm, of course they won it, but uh, it, it these clashes are. In any special, international yes, competition, yes, are, are special. special. No matter what happens uh, after the the tie. Fede. Yeah. Are you nervous? Is there a part of you that's thinking maybe because you won on Sunday that means that they're less likely to to win one of the two legs now? Uh, because I have to admit that there's a very tiny bit of me that if you've got three derbies in the space of eleven days, kind of thinks, okay, obviously you're not going to win all three. Yeah. So if Boca have won on Sunday then that means that River have got a better chance of winning one of the two legs at least, yeah? That's true, that's... <laughs> yeah, and, and, and I've looked at it that way also. But uh, if you asked me before Sunday, do you want to win? Uh, I would say yes. And I think the pressure is on River now because they lost a game where they didn't even try that hard. They, they were going for the draw and they didn't risk much. 
So now the pressure is on on River to to try to to win this match, yeah, especially because mm. they play at home. Exactly, and they will have to go forward uh, at least more than on Sunday. And I hope that that gives uh, Boca some some counter attack uh, possibilities. <laughs> and Andres, yeah. same question to you. Well, I I I am sure Boca supporters will will change the the victory the other day. Uh, with the, 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 the round of 16 Copa Libertadores uh, and definitely River will have to have a, a very different performance and attitude that they had a, a, at the Bombonera uh, definitely it will be like that and I think that Gallardo is trying to adjust what I think uh, was one of the more, uh, more, more important deficits which was the midfield in the defensively also had, as I said before, uh, some advantages that Boca uh, took. Yeah, um, and as I said, therefore, if, if Gachado plays the 11 that we were reading about earlier on, with Fonsi alongside Cranevi through midfield, that maybe stabilises it. Um, sorry to cut you short, Andres, but Mariano is starting to tap his watch and worry about going to dinner <laughs> in 20 minutes' time, so we're going to... Uh, move on to listeners' questions without any music. David Ellingham, first of all, has emailed me in a question. He says, what are the chances of Jorge Almiron being sacked if Independiente don't get a result this weekend against Boca? I think it's worth pointing out that this match is probably going to be played against Boca reserves, yeah, given yes. that it falls between two legs of yeah. the Libertadores that we've just yeah. been talking about. It depends how they play. If they play a good game, but only get a draw, I think he will stay there for, for another week before they lose to Racing or <laughs> and then he gets sacked mm. yeah I, I'm not sure he'll be sacked I mean uh, Moshan Independiente president has has strong support for Miron so uh, I don't think he'll, he'll he'll be able to hang on to his job if he, if he gives some of these performances but he I has like three four games uh, left I think I think the Mariano raises a very valid point which I actually hadn't considered when reading David's question earlier when he first sent it to me uh, which is that Racing are Independiente's next opponents yeah. uh, right after I would be astonished if they sack a manager immediately before yeah <laughs> and they, they, on, the, on the other hand this is Independiente so yes, they, they, they can't play another bad game at home they've been terrible at home and atmosphere would be <laughs> really bad if they lose mm. against Boca it would depend also I think if he makes more crazy changes like the other day uh, and um, Moshano, I think not not Hugo, who is the president, but Pablo, I think he's uh, uh, he's from from the board, yeah. said that if we stood uh, Ramon Diaz, who said, sent uh, who sold, sold a lot of smoke, how can <laughs> we how, how can we stand Almirón? But yes, in too much uh, in too much we will see. If it's too early. If they get only one point out of six. I don't think he will stay. Yeah, because they are already twelve points behind Boca, so it's like they're playing totally for nothing. Yeah. So yeah. goodbye to already. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Boca, of course, the the leaders now uh, after the Super Classico win. Uh, David's other question is: If Almiron is removed, are there any rumours as to who could be his replacement? I think the most obvious one. Um, although, as I hinted a couple of weeks ago, the Aguero family might not have been too pleased with it. Would have been Gabriel Milito, but of course, he's now taken. Yeah. And the other rumor was Troglio, Gimnasia's yep. current coach, but he's about to renew. So, but you will quit or sack Almiron to 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 hire Troglio. I, I yeah. don't see it. I yeah. don't. 
He's got a little more defensive wherewithal, I would say. And that's, as we say, that's, that's what they have to improve on. Uh, Sasha on Twitter asks, to what extent are teams' wage budgets a predictor of performance in the Argentine League, as is the case in the Premier League? He's getting money ball on our asses. Um, it's difficult to answer because we don't really know what teams' wage budgets are. I think it's easy. Boca has well, this, really the yeah. highest. And this season, River and Boca yeah. clearly have the two highest wage budgets in Argentina. I'm imagining and assuming that that's yeah, the yeah. same most seasons. And at the moment, they're first and joint second. Um, so, so far this term, yeah. in those respects, and the, the teams with the lowest wage budgets are the teams who've just come up. Crucero del Norte, I, I'm going to imagine, are the poorest. Uh, financially poorest as well as footballing the poorest and they're near the bottom maybe Chicago Arsenal Olimpo okay, Arsenal can probably afford a little the, the more for Santiago's explained to us the, the best the top ranked uh, talking about recently promoted teams is Alosivi I think and they must be also and have, yeah they're right they're, they're doing the best of they all they must also have sides, a, so, a yeah. very a very low or a low budget yeah that's it I would say it's less of a predictor than the Premier League where you can almost tell at the beginning of a season what order teams are going to finish in according to league position. Obviously, this season there are one or two differences because Manchester United, for instance, are spending so heavily to get back well, to the Champions say League. Is that but it's, there's, there's a correlation there. Yes, but in Argentina, what we can say is that low-budget teams can do, I don't want to say miracle, but they can do... They yeah, can but in, do in, in the short championship exactly, era, they yeah. were able to do well by punching above their weight for six months. So you had Tigre finishing joint second or joint first in one of the championships with Bozic Boca and San Lorenzo and they yeah, had to yeah, play that triangle. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Banfield won, Argentinos Juniors yeah. won a championship, Lanús won. Uh, yeah, I, mean, I think with the short uh, championships, they, they had a bigger chance than, uh, than now. They have to... They could maybe get a... 10 game streak and they will they would be champions and now they can't so i think it will have a bigger impact uh going going forward yeah. and the last question is from leon rosa who asks how do you rate this season's super classicos compared to the former ones is there something that's missing um i'm going to jump in and answer straight away that we've only had one of them so far so it's very hard to say but is there a missing element in this well the visiting fans is the most obvious it would be really nice if there were away fans. I think uh, all Super Classicos in the last year, in the last decade or so have been overhyped. I mean, and uh, no match has lived up to the hype from from a foot, footballing perspective. The games are are usually not not very good. They are when, very. When was the last one that you would say? I would say that all the, the Libertadores clashes are yeah. are special. Not again, not because of. of the game itself but because of the circumstances and uh, maybe the phase where they meet so these two will be special the Sudamericana ones were special and uh, but I, I think they are overhyped from the media and, and people who are not regular uh, football fans but maybe tuning to watch these games and, and they never live up to that hype yeah, yeah. I, I think I'd, I'd agree in that Okay, first of all, obviously, as a river sympathiser, it's in my interest to belittle Boca's 5-0 friendly victory in the summer, but yeah, yeah. We're, we're mentioning it, and, and yet, at the same time, uh, we on Hand of Pod, and more importantly, I, as Hand of Pod overlord, have a policy of not recording episodes of Hand of Pod during the summer friendlies, because they don't matter. Yeah, um, and the idea, first of all, as, as I think Joel Richards has pointed out in the past on here, the idea that Real Madrid and Barcelona are all... Manchester City and Manchester United or whatever would play a pre-season friendly against each other never mind two or three it's ridiculous but then the idea that if they did when they next met in the league 
the winning team's fans after a 5-0 win would be taunting the opposition with we beat you 5-0 is also ridiculous because again it's a friend okay yeah it was embarrassing for River I switched off after an hour into the match or something you know you don't want to be watching it but at the same time it genuinely doesn't matter for anything whereas the Libertadores is that one stage but the Argentine press I'm going to throw out Ole as being particularly guilty of this um even hype up those five nils in in summer friendlies and whatnot when it's just not the same. Yeah, and they handed out a giant five to to Gachardo this yeah. this Sunday. I mean, I I I totally agree with you that friendlies are absolutely not important and any result doesn't matter. But a five nil win, it's I mean, it's you're gonna enjoy it. It, it, course, it doesn't I'm count also, for anything. And, and, and I don't think any book of fun takes that it's important, but it's, it's just a way to make fun of your rival. And in, and if River had won 5 0, they would do the same. And, and it's okay, it's just part of the of the game, I would say. Yes, but I think that the, if then in the in the tournament you, you lose, and but you won 5 0 in the no, no, not at all. In the summer, it's like, well, we, we won in the summer, but then for the points, we failed. But I, I don't know what is missing really in terms of of the spectacle of the of the the, the, the environment will be always the same uh, with the particularity that there is there are no no away fans away supporters like you said uh, just have said those are all the questions this week so the next mus- music that you hear is Mystic Sam's theme music before I play it I'm just going to check Mariano are you good for another five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> if, not, if not, you can say goodbye now. But if you want to insult my predictions, then hang around for a couple of minutes. Okay. okay. Lovely. Two minutes. Okay. Good. Cool. Uh, the next voice that you hear is Mystic Sam's theme music, telling you what to bet on this weekend. So don't go anywhere. This weekend begins with Estudiantes de la Plata at home to Tempelo, which I think is going to be an Estudiantes win, in spite of the fact that they're going to be with one eye on the Copa Libertadores. Lanús versus Tigre, I think, is an away win. Tigre in far better form than Lanús recently. Uh, Nueva Chicago against Rosario Central. I'm going to back Central to get back to winning ways. Quilmes against Godoy Cruz, I think, is a draw. Newell's Old Boys versus San Lorenzo. I'm sorry, Mariano. Oh, actually, maybe you want to thank me because I'm going for a Newell's win. Um, which means that surely isn't going to happen. <laughs> Huracan versus Olimpo. It's an Huracan victory. Olimpo away from home. Not a good team. Vélez Salsfield versus Argentino Juniors is a draw. Unión de Santa Fe against Crucero del Norte is the match that you shouldn't bother to watch, but it will definitely be an Unión win. Hey, Unión doesn't play that good. No, but Crucero del Norte away from home. Yeah. Come on. Not so much an Union win, then it's a Crucero del Norte defeat. Uh, Belgrano versus Arsenal de Sarandí. I'm going for a Belgrano win, which will surprise nobody. San Martín de San Juan against Atlético de Rafaela is a San Martín victory. Aldo Civi versus Banfield, I think, is should be a good game. And Aldo Civi to win. Just scrape it, I think. Independiente against Boca's substitute slash reserve side I'm going for a draw just because Boca are necessarily going to have to take their eye off the ball River versus Racing on the other hand is a match between two reserve sides because Racing are also going to be in between two Copa Libertadores legs 
Um, and I'm therefore going to go through River to NGL. I just think River's attacking substitutes are slightly better. Uh, largely because of Carlos Nunez being injured, of course, for Racing. Defensa Justicia against Colón de Santa Fe is a draw. Sarmiento versus Gimnasia y Ecrima La Plata, which is the final match of the weekend, is going to be a draw as well. Who wants to argue with me? You're a mystic, Sam. Nobody can argue. Perhaps Sarmiento will claim last, last weekend I got 4 out of 15, by the way. <laughs> I, 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 I was right when I said Tigre will defeat Nueva Chicago, and now I say Sarmiento will defeat Gimnasia. Okay. If they play in Junín, no. Yeah. You heard it here first. Yeah, and I'll pick Poca against Independiente, even with the reserves. Uh, it wouldn't surprise. That was, I think, one of the toughest matches. To, yeah, because, to because some, Independiente could swing either way. Boca. Yeah, and the, there are some good players that have been playing well. That like Castellani, that are going to play Sara as well in in, in goal, mm. and uh, Martinez, who I hate. Hopefully, will we'll have a good game. And Peruzzi, who I don't I don't understand why he's not playing tomorrow. But he was. <laughs> I think because he was disastrous on Sunday. Yeah, he was good going forward, he, but he, he seemed to be out of okay, position yeah. every time. And I think he yeah, was one of the best. Having said that, that was the impression I got watching the game, and then afterwards I saw I think it was Data Futarg on Twitter, uh, Data Football Argentina, uh, tweet that Peruzzi had made more interceptions than anybody else on the pitch. So maybe I just don't have a clue what I'm talking about. He was good pressing, but yeah, he, 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 he there were there were a lot of situations where he came forward and then he left a big hole in, in, in the back. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening to us. Um, we've somehow managed to keep this down to an hour and 17 minutes recording. It's going to be about an hour and 10-ish, I think, slightly over, um, when we put it online. Last weekend, last week, for some reason, we have very few listeners, even though it was a super classical preview. So this week, please share us with your friends. Tell everybody to listen to us. Tell them that, tell, tell them that we're not two hours long this weekend, that we're, we're a sensible length. Um, and... We hope you enjoy it. If you're going to be watching River vs. Boca on Thursday evening, enjoy that as well, and we will be back next week. Here's a reminder that we are sponsored. I did not forget. I was just leaving it till the end. Don't worry, Mark. Um, by the Argentina Independent purveyors of some of the finest English language, current affairs, and uh, cultural stuff on the internet from Argentina and across Latin America. Read them free of charge at argentinaindependent.com and if they're listening, we would like to thank them very much for both the Fernet and the lovely beer this week. <laughs> um, for now, ladies and gents, it is goodbye from new boy Fede. Mm-hmm. And it's been a pleasure having you. And uh, you thank back. you for having me. It was, it was great. Yeah. Goodbye from Mariano. Uh, it was great to be back. Hope it won't be too long before I return. Well, maybe inside a year. Try and just keep it. And we win the next couple of years. It's going to be a while. Goodbye from Andres. Goodbye. And goodbye from me. Goodbye.